Hi, everybody. This is Joel Junker, and welcome to another episode of the Karen Brooks Podcast. And in this episode, I interviewed uh, Bob Schultz. Bob is a former Army officer that made the transition um, in 2013 to Textron Aviation. In his five years, he has been promoted uh, at least twice. He spent time in sales, marketing, and as a general manager, uh, and uh, started off in Wichita, uh, Kansas, and then took a, a promotion to Delaware, back to Wichita now. And, and during this time, he even earned his MBA at the Northwestern Kellogg School of Business uh, while he was with his career at Textron. And what I really enjoyed about this session is uh, Bob started off talking about how his personal marketability assessment with me helped him look inside of himself, conduct some analysis identify his goals, his drivers, and strengths to help him uh, determine whether or not he wanted to pursue a business career. So if you're not a part of the Cameron Brooks program, I think this is a great point about the value of the Cameron Brooks personal marketability assessment that we offer free to all people that are considering the transition to help them identify their goals and develop a plan to reach them. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast with Bob. So I got some great stories and He's got some excellent advice on how to navigate the first couple of years of your career and also the value of a executive MBA. Hi, Bob. Thanks for uh, joining us on the Cameron Brooks podcast. I appreciate you taking your time uh, this morning on a Friday morning to be a part with us. So I always just like to jump off into the podcast and let our guests introduce themselves and say who they work for and, and what they do. So take, take a couple minutes and tell the audience about, who, about you. Thanks, Joel, and good morning. I appreciate uh, the invite to participate in the podcast. So I work for Textron Aviation um, as the Vice President of Marketing. Um, we are a subsidiary of Textron Inc. It's a public Fortune 500 company. I think we're about number 200 on the, on the list last year. Um, and we uh, produce, manufacture, sell, and maintain um, fixed-wing private aircraft, everything from Cessna 172s through our latest product, which will um, – is in the certification process now, the Citation Longitude. Um, so our team has responsibility for marketing and communications for all of our products um, around the world. And I've been with the company for five years now. I transitioned in um, April of 2013. So, uh, one of the things I think people really enjoy hearing about is kind of your path. Um, take, go back to – if you – go back to um, maybe what you'd done in the military, what you did in the military, and what was the driving factor, the thought process of of the things that you had to work through to make the decision to get out of the military and to choose to go to the business world? Sure. So I was a ROTC um, candidate at St. Louis University, and I didn't go to college um, on an ROTC scholarship. I, I was one of those people that tried it and loved it my freshman year and worked pretty hard to finally get a scholarship my junior year. Um, and I knew, I knew I wanted to lead people. I knew I wanted to directly lead people. And at that time, I knew I was going to deploy. So I figured, why not work really hard to you know, be as um, highly ranked as I could to make my choices in the military and commission into um, the infantry with a plan to switch to intel, uh, military intelligence. Um, later on in my career. So after completing officer basic course and ranger school and airborne school, started at the 101st Airborne. And one of the first things that um, I did there was pre prepare to deploy um, and deploy for a year, redeployed. And my first um, company commander in the Army was actually still a good mentor of mine. 
said, hey, I think you should look at this at this organization called Ranger Regiment, and um, did a lot of research into it and found out that's where I wanted to go lead people more. Um, so luckily was selected to go to Ranger Regiment. Um, spent about three years there, deployed three times there, so four deployments total. Um, um, really, really great experience with some amazing people and phenomenal leaders. And then after that, switched to military intelligence, um, where I, I wanted to, if I was going to stay in the Army, I wanted to become more well-rounded, become more analytical. And, you know, if you look at the shape of the organizations in the military, there's, you know, fewer highly ranked senior leaders in the infantry side, but there's more on the intelligence side. So switched to intelligence, um, went out to Fort Huachuca for about a year and completed the captain's career course in um, human operations and source operations classes. Um, and while we were there, my wife and I started determining and kind of debating and thinking through what do we think our life was going to look like in or out of the military? Did we want to stay in for a career? If we did, was I staying in the conventional side now? Was I going back to special operations? If I got out, what did I want to do? Did I want to go to a, a, a MBA program? Did I want to go to the corporate world? Did I want to go to federal law enforcement? So actually about that time, Joel, you and I had a conversation um, when I lived in Arizona, and it was very eye-opening to me, and I, I realized I needed to do a lot more research. Um, so about the, over the course of the next six to nine months, read many of the books on the Cameron Brooks reading list, you know, PCS to Corporate America, um, and Good to Great, and through that research, I realized I did want to separate from the military. I wanted to be a leader in the civilian world. I wanted to take um, what I had learned in the military and impact um, public or private business, but then also for on the personal side, you know, start having a family. We thought we would settle down and not move as much and be able to own more of our career and, and more of our life. Um, so I decided in 2013 to separate from the military, went to the April 13 career conference. Um, and really what a, a great phenomenal experience and ended up choosing what I thought was going to be the best company for a um, great career and many opportunities that it was just then Cessna Aircraft Company. Um, since then, I, I came in as a business development manager where I focused on generating what we call concept leads in the finance, insurance, and real estate um, realm. Shortly thereafter, we created another new role where I became the category marketing manager for all of our business jets. And then about a year into the company, um, had an opportunity to move to our aftermarket service side of our business. Uh, moved to the state of Delaware and take over a maintenance repair and overhaul site. We call them service centers as the general manager. Um, and at that time, we bought a competitor. So the side I took over was from from um, our acquisition side of the, the company. Um, so really needed to integrate many different things, new systems, new processes, different people, different mentality, uh, turn, the, turn the facility around. And then a little over two years after that, um, I was asked to come back to Wichita, Kansas, where we're headquartered, and help lead our marketing organization, um, and have been doing that for about two years. Curious, one of the things that, and you may not remember this either, um, but I'm curious, what was it, do you remember the conversation you, you and I had that was eye-opening for you, what happened in that conversation, or what, what I asked? Well, I think it was a couple of different things, Joel. I think one of them was um, really myself self-reflecting and really understanding what did I want to do with my career. And then that was many things. That was knowing my strengths, knowing my weaknesses, and also doing research. I mean, you know, I needed to do a lot of research to find out 
if I go to the civilian world, you know, what, what does a sales role look like? I mean, I remember telling you I am not interested in sales, period. <laughs> Turns out I interviewed for a lot of sales jobs and jobs and almost almost took one. Um, but it was it was your questioning questions to me that made me really need to go self reflect and figure out what did I want to do and do my legwork to figure out where I thought I was going to fit, which then led to kind of in my what I value, one of the things is lifelong learning. You know, I eventually went and got my MBA from the Kellogg School of Management, but, you know, a lot of that is knowing my gaps, knowing my strengths, and knowing what I want to do with my career. Um, what for, you know, I really look at the Cameron Brooks program has several phases to it. There's the, uh, the preparation phase. There's the career conference itself. Um, there's the follow-up process and then the alumni program. What did you, what did you, and I think a lot of people look at Cameron Brooks from the standpoint of, well, we've got great preparation um, and they value that. Uh, I think what's one of the things that's hard to bring alive for people is, at least from my perspective, is the career conference. I believe from listening to people that the career conference in and of itself is a transformational experience, meaning that you come into the conferences, you, you don't radically change, but you come in with lenses of the world and careers and positions and even of yourself and of and of your own knowledge and you leave if that starts friday night you leave on tuesday evening or wednesday morning with a whole different set of glasses it's almost like you have these one glasses that you come in with and now you have like like six seven different glasses totally different that you leave with that's my opinion anyway mm -hmm. but from your perspective what what would you say your conference experience was was like and how did it, it, if it did or did not, how did it help you like shape your, your thought of the business world, of leadership, or even maybe making connections with whether recruiters or other candidates that were there? Mm -hmm. um, so I thought the career conference was a was an amazing experience, and the logistics that the Cameron Brooks team puts in behind the scenes, I don't think anybody realizes until you are, are, you know, thinking on your second day of interviews and looking back to the X number of interviews you just had and how it was all coordinated. You know, I don't think I could thank my wife or your team or Mary Lou enough for um, keeping our schedules <laughs> as clean as they could be during those two days. Um, but I think you're right. I think it does help transition and kind of that transformational experience of how you see the business world. You know, up until the career conference, I had only led people in the military. I mean, yes, in extracurricular organizations, but going through two days of interviews, you really begin to see how a military leader can fit in and also lead in various organizations and various functions in the corporate world. Um, <clears throat> and you talked a little bit about networking and relationships. I mean, I can remember my very first interview to my very last interview, and I think the way that I built relationships um, changed even in those 48 hours. And my very last one was actually the company I worked for. And I think I was just so, you know, my brain was spent by the end. <clears throat> I really just spent those 30 minutes just building a relationship with the folks that were there interviewing me. <coughs> and there's still people from the conference that I still have relationships with and talk to occasionally, um, whether it's on the corporate side um, or as a candidate and now as leaders in the in the civilian world. Um, but I was very, very impressed with the career conference, um, you know, opening my eyes to the functions of business, 
um, what leaders can do in the civilian world. Um, it kind of it, it was a little bit of that spark and that fire underneath us to say, you can really do this. I mean, there's a little bit of, I'll say, trepidation if you've been in the military, I was in for seven years, you know, from special operations, and here I am about to take off the uniform and go put on a suit. <clears throat> and and that really helps say, like, yes, this is absolutely possible. And you start to begin to prove yourself at the conference, I think. Um, and how how you how does your JMO background like what skills you talked about your leadership, but what do you lean on? What do you what have you brought forward from your military career that experience to marketing and general management? Because that sounds like that's really the career path that you've had at Textron is marketing, a little bit of sales mixed in, but predominantly marketing, and then you had a general management mm-hmm. role. Mm-hmm. What have you drawn from? What What have you drawn from from your military experience? I, and the reason why I ask, I think sometimes military people in the military listening to this, it's hard for them to understand. Like, okay, what can I do when I go to the business world? How will what I've done in the military relate to business? So that's the purpose of my question. And maybe you could share. Well, this is how it relates. This is what I brought forward, and this is what I use almost often to be to be successful in business. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of things from being a JMO that you can bring into the civilian world to lead. Um, and I, I put a lot of things in that leadership bucket, but it's it's funny. I was actually talking to one of my managers, <clears throat> excuse me, a few weeks ago. And I, I talked about the blue card we used to have in ROCC where you get, you have your leadership skills evaluated when you're at your weekly leadership lab. Um, right. But it's all, it's all the, it's all the many, many, many things that you're, you're instructed on and trained on. And, um, I'll say routinely reminded of in the military on how to lead people, how to communicate people. You know, think back to ranger school. How do you motivate people to get them to do something when, you know, you're you're in a pretty bad situation, horrible environment, but you still need to accomplish the mission? How do you how do you build the relationship with people to do that? Um, missions always change in the military. You know, no war was ever won. Um, to the plan, but no war was ever won without a plan. <laughs> I think of that a lot. And you always have to adapt and overcome. So how do you use your skills from the military to, you know, find a different path around an obstacle or around a challenge to still complete instead of the mission in the military? It's it's the business goals and business priorities in the, in the civilian world. Um, so, I mean, every day I think there's probably at least one thing or two things at least that I pull back from the military into the corporate world and you know, luckily have a lot of experiences and stories I can help relay to my team and others to, you know, help them get through a situation too sometimes. Um, now, you, the other thing that I thought I, I found interesting that you were, and we were t- chatting about this before we got on, got on the, 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 the podcast itself, but your, your MBA at, at uh, Northwestern, the Kellogg School of Management, uh, obviously you Maybe it's not obvious to the listeners, but you didn't get that MBA, then go to work for Textron, but you went to work for Textron and, um, you know, got out five years ago. So started your MBA in 15, completed in 2017. I have a lot of questions around this because I think there's a lot of people that really explore, do I go full time and then go into the business world or do I get my MBA through the executive program. What what are your thoughts based on the leadership you've seen at, at Textron, your experience, 
the, your fellow classmates that you had at Kellogg, the value of being in a program with people that are working simultaneously, what would your advice be to, to people who are, from your experience, obviously you, mm-hmm. you did it one way, uh, we don't have anybody on here giving an alternative uh, viewpoint, but what would be if you're talking to somebody that calls Bob Schultz and says, hey, I'm leaving the military next year, I'm considering doing full-time MBA program versus the, ex- uh, the executive MBA program, based on your experience, Bob, what are your thoughts? Sure. So I, I have this conversation a lot with JMOs and with employees and just people I'm meeting in the community. And I always start with, why do you want to get an MBA and what do you want to do with it? Because that's probably a similar question that either you or Chuck or some of my other mentors asked me when I was leaving the military and when I was applying to my program. Um, because there's many different options out there. I mean, there are, there are full-time programs, there are part-time programs, there's online programs, there's executive programs. So in my mind, it always it always depends on what you want to do with it. Um, what I really liked about my program and an executive program is I wasn't taking two years off of work. I was staying competitive and still on track with my peer group. I was still working, so obviously I was getting a paycheck. But most importantly, and I think the biggest value I saw, um, my small group saw in my class and our whole class saw, is we could bring real-world, you know, current date problems and challenges and experiences into the classroom where we had 68 people that were all leaders, senior leaders in their company to help help us solve problems. Or we had, you know, tenured professors that have been, you know, consulting in you name the field for 30 years where we could say, hey, I'm, I have this challenge right now. How does this fit into the model you're, you're instructing us on today or on this quarter? Um, and then on the opposite, you know, well, we can bring those challenges to, to the class to try to solve them um, for our business. We could also do the opposite from the book work. So I remember I was, I was running a service center when I was in class, and I presented on our, our – operations and how we flowed labor hours through the shop and how we can maximize and be more efficient and actually help solve some problems. So me going into the program, I wanted to first grow as a person, grow as a leader, grow as a a leader in the business world because I didn't have a business undergrad background. But then also I wanted to make sure I was making real impact to my career and to the company. Um, So that's why I chose a little bit more of a difficult path than some people take. But but I always start with, why do you want to get an MBA? Whether it's a JMO, someone that we just hired out of a college program, an undergraduate program, or if it's someone that's been working in industry for 20 years, I think it all depends on what they want to get out of it and how much effort they want to put into it to get those results. Um, and uh, how has the MBA today helped you with Textron in terms of positioning you for future opportunities and also continuing to bring in to marketing and some of the decisions that you're making now? Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, my, you know, stance in the company or industry or just, you know, future roles, I think it has helped, helped shape me to continue to be a well-rounded leader. You know, I, I am not an accounting or financial expert, but I now know you know, the basics, but I also know some pretty advanced models and techniques and standards that I know enough about to be able to ask questions to dig into further detail and look at the look at the data in the right way. And then also look and say, 
what data are we not looking at? Um, so I think it'll help continue to allow me to challenge the environments I'm in and make sure we're not just going forth with the status quo. Um, but I know enough, I'll say I know enough to be dangerous in many topics now. Um, <laughs> That's good. And then, yeah, and then spe specifically to marketing, um, you know, Kellogg is known as a marketing school. I wouldn't say I necessarily went there because it was a marketing school, but, you know, there's a lot of really good frameworks and a lot of good models and a lot of good examples I had from professors that I'll share with our team. If we're in a uniquely challenging um, situation with whether it's marketing a product or branding, I'll grab one of the books from my classes and give it to one of our leaders and ask them, hey, you know, there's some ideas in here. I noticed some pages. Look at some of the models. Let's have a conversation and look at it this way and see if there's something we can do to target better, to segment better, um, to communicate in a different light. So, again, it's, it's you know, knowing enough um, of various topics to consult um, other resources or, or, or question things. Um, I'm curious what you, now you're done with your MBA, you got your life back. Um, what do you do with, uh, what do you do for a continued self-development? You talked to me earlier before we jumped on, you got somebody that's a coach that you, you lean on. You mentioned mentors earlier. Um, how do you keep your, your edge? How do you stay sharp? Uh, outside of just getting in every day and getting in the fight to grab market share and to to grow the Textron business, what do you do outside of the the normal workday to stay sharp, fresh, and growing? Sure. So, um, you know, I think I think being a lifelong learner is really important, Joel. Um, you know, you and I did talk earlier on having um, you know career coaches if you have the opportunity that I do talk to. I think having mentors and building a mentor network is really, really important. Um, you know, I have mentors within the company, you know, in other business units in our enterprise. I've had mentors, um, you know, outside of our company in the community. I have mentors that are in totally different industries and in different parts of the world that when we just have conversations, we just talk about, you know, challenges we have and how to, how to overcome those and stay sharp. But then the other thing I, I learned through transitioning from the military to the corporate world is, continue to read and research. You know, I, I finished or I finished a book and then started another one on a trip I took to Europe last week. Um, and I just like to continuously challenge myself and make sure I'm, I'm, I am staying sharp. And one of the unique things about Kellogg is um, once you're an alumni, you can audit classes. Well, I haven't audited a class yet because you're right. I feel like I just got my life back with our family. Um, you know, soon I probably will look at, and you know, auditing a class maybe once a year just to stay sharp on whatever the latest and greatest technology or ideas or models are um, in various functions. Um, some of my other kind of questions that I, I like to ask people uh, as we wrap up our podcast is um, uh, kind of more of my standard, just kind of see what your thoughts are. Like what would, you, what was the best advice that you've ever received and that you'd be willing to share with our listeners? a good one um you know i don't i don't think this was one piece of advice but i think it's probably advice i've gotten from every single mentor or senior leader that i've interacted with um and i always think about perspective and think about what perspective you have and what perspective other people have and in whatever the relationship is you're trying to solve something or do something so 
you know, how can you make sure you're understanding all sides of the problem or the challenge or what's going on? <clears throat> so I don't think it's one thing anybody's ever told me, um, but it's that is probably one thing that I hear a lot about is, is perspective um, from many people that I interact with. Um, and what would your advice be? You've obviously been incredibly successful, Bob. I don't think it's you're very humble. I don't think it's necessarily coming out in this podcast, but like how fast you've moved and the promotions that you've had in five years. It's probably hard for somebody to understand the magnitude of the roles that you had if you're not familiar with Textron and, and the mm. business world. Um, so that's my plug for you. We we know at Cameron Brooks how quickly you have been moved and promoted and um, uh, within the organization. Um, and I know you're going to be humble about this, but what is it that has allowed you to to do this, to move so quickly with these promotions? And the purpose is not for Bob Schultz to thump his chest. Certainly you could if you wanted to, but I'm really asking you so somebody can listen to you and say, okay, that, that's a, that's a piece of advice I want to take from Bob that I want to be able to put into my work environment so that when I jump into business, I need to be thinking about ABC, because obviously there's some other JMO that has done this that is fast-tracked because. Mm -hmm. um, well, Joe, I think, it's, I think it's a lot of different things. Um, part of it's probably what we just talked about, an understanding perspective. And I think especially a junior military officer, regardless of branch or background, has an amazing toolkit they've started to build. Um, and I talk about this a lot um, with our team and with people I mentor. It's, you know, what what tool are you going to pull out of your toolkit in, in whatever environment you're in to handle that instance? You know, whether it's solving a problem or whether it's, you know, you have your first introduction with someone and those first literally three to five seconds really matter on how you set the example and how you carry yourself. Um, you know, when you're in a challenging environment in a, in a boardroom type meeting, um, how do you not react to cause someone to react even more neg negatively than you would have thought? So, you know, I, I always come back to what, what skills and tools can you have at your disposal to be able to pull them out at the right time to continue moving forward? And I feel like that's very generic and very vague because I don't think there's ever one perfect answer. <laughs> um, right. But, you know, from my seven years in the military and now five years here in various functions, you know, I, I can probably think of something from the infantry, something from special operations, something from military intelligence, from business development to operations and to marketing that I use, you know, something that I've learned on a daily basis. Um, and then the other thing while you have that toolkit is, um, how do you interact with the people around you, whether it's your team that, that reports to you, your peers, your superiors, um, you know, your, the people outside of your organization, you know, how are you building the relationship with them um, that in turn will help the business move forward, but then also when needed, they can be an advocate for you. Um, mm -hmm. Because really, I mean, people are very, very, very important in every function of, of what we do in the world. Absolutely. Um, the the uh, couple more questions when we wrap up today. Mm -hmm. How do you think that 
mean, how do you think that the Karen Brooks program, as they talked about those phases, is a little bit of a plug for Cameron Brooks too, beyond just the podcast to try to uh, market us a little bit. But how how did Cameron Brooks help you? And whether it be before you, we talked about it helped me define that I want to get out and make the decision. Talked about the conference a little bit. But how did Cameron Brooks help you? What did we do or our partnership? Not necessarily what did we do, but how did the partnership, the program help you be successful? And I know you've got a great relationship with Chuck. How has it continued to help you be successful? Mm-hmm. So I think I think all the phases that Cameron Brooks has put together, I mean, it, it, it works. I mean, it proves that it's proven that it's worked many times. It's well tested. It's well refined. Um, you know, I tell people that I was an absolute nerd in the prep program, and I recommend everybody else do the same, especially if they don't have a business background. Um, because it was everything from, you know, read these first initial books and then continue with the recommended reading list to learn more about various functions of business. Um, you know, the interview prep portion of the prep program was um, phenomenal to better understand how you articulate the strengths and the experiences you've been through and and parlay them into the needs of the position you're interviewing for. Um, and then even still today, I mean, you're, so you mentioned Chuck. I still I stay in touch with Chuck probably once or twice a year, um, and we just talk about things that are going good and bad in, in life and in business. And, you know, part of it is also JMO recruiting. You know, I still do a little bit of mentoring for um, Cameron Brooks JMOs to help answer questions. And, you know, anybody listening, I'm always open to help answer questions or just talk about my experience. Um, but then I, I would continue to see that going forward of staying in touch with not only Cameron Brooks, um, leaders like you and Chuck and Pete, but then some of my best friends I've met through the Cameron Brooks program. And then we have hired a number of Cameron Brooks JMOs in various functions of our business, um, and stay in touch and help mentor. And, you know, they mentor me, even though sometimes they might not know it. Um, so it's not just a one-time hey, we got you a job when you left the military. I think it's a lifelong um, event to continue to network and mentor and develop everybody's careers. It's really good. Thank you for for, for that feedback. And um, last question, uh, and then I can turn it over to you to ask me any questions if you if you have anything that you think <laughs> would, be, would be good. Um, I always feel like I ask all these questions and I never forget. I mean, if the guests just like poured their heart out, it's not fair that they can't turn it back on. But of course you don't have to, if you don't have any questions, but do you have a book Mm -hmm. that you have read? Maybe that's not on the Karen Brooks list, but that you've read that, Hey, that has been a, a really good book for me. Maybe you can't think of your favorite book right off the, but a book that you would say, I think, most leaders should read this book, and here's why. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot that are already on your reading list that I that I won't continue to uh, talk about. Um, I don't remember if uh, if 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership was on your list or not. There's another really there's a couple of really good ones from Kellogg professors that I've met. Um, one of them was Harry Kramer, former CEO of Baxter. Um, his book is from values to action. Um, I've heard him Great. speak a number of times, but his but his book is also very very good. Um, another professor from Kellogg, and obviously I'm a little biased by Kellogg, but um, it's called Do Nothing by Keith Mornigan. Um, 
and, and while it's a very sarcastic title, it talks about how a leader's role is to mentor and develop others um, and not just do things all themselves. Um, yeah. And the last one I just finished last week that I thought was really good um, in, ver- in various, um, I'll say per, you know, kind of personnel development was The Right Stuff and the Wrong Stuff by Carter Cast. Um, relatively new book, but um, really interesting read on my travel last week. <clears throat> what did you like about the right stuff and wrong stuff? Um, so he goes through five different um, archetypes of people that, you know, have various types of careers and, you know, might derail or stall sometimes or are really successful in certain environments and then they switch environments and they're not. So some of it goes back to the Hogan assessment you and I talked about earlier on. Um, right. And understanding your strengths, your weaknesses, where do you fit right? Um, and then also, how do you help, you know, develop those skills in, in the people you see around you that might be having similar challenges that fit into some of those archetypes um, to get them through the situation they're in? That's great. That's good. Well, I would, I would throw in a couple books on top of it. To give people a great reading list here, one is more of an it has a little bit more of an academic feel to it, but it is a good book um, to understand um, kind of some of the things that inhibited us, inhibit us from actually making a change. It's called The Immunity to Change by Robert Keegan, another author. Other author with that is Leahy. And you might even be able to just to go online and like read a Harvard Business Review case or not case, but a summary summary of it, and like the bullet points work you work one through that. And the reason why it's really good is it helps it helps to understand I'm committed to something and whatever you're committed to, but you can't quite get there. What you're committed to it, but you're not quite there. Why is that? What are the hidden? Mm-hmm. It helps uncover the hidden competing commitments. And then what are you worried about? They really, they use the worried. What are you worried about that's causing you not to have the, or to have those competing commitments in place? And they use an example. I don't even have the book in front of me, but they use this example about like how like people that are told you are overweight, significantly overweight, and you will probably die within X amount of years if you don't change. So There's like this study that they bring out right in the beginning of the book. And they're told this, and something like 70% of the people can't change. They won't change. Even though they told you will probably, you know, this is where it's going to head to. Mm-hmm. It's because it's called a technical change um, where, or they're, they're actually, excuse me, it's called like an adaptive change where they actually have to adapt the way that they think. They can, you can teach them the technical stuff, eat this, exercise, blah, blah, blah. They teach them all these things. That's all the technical things. But they're never taught, like, how do I need to adapt the way that I think and, and react to things? And so it's those hidden competing commitments. I might be committed to health and wellness and to losing weight and becoming fitter. But just that and alone and figuring out what's keeping you from doing that until you uncover those things, you're not going to actually make that adaptive change. And so just teaching somebody um, to uh, – Hey, if you want to be healthier, do these five things. That's not enough. You have to uncover what's what's the adaptive mm-hmm. psychological stuff that's impeding from that. So, for example, kind of bringing it more to a leadership piece, um, 
I have a difficult time personally, like really giving up and delegating some of my um, actual out there recruiting candidate responsibilities to to incre- not just capable, I mean, like incredibly talented people on our team, Rob Davis and Pete Van Epps. But I have a hard time giving that out there, and I'm committed to to like the growth and the development of Cameron Brooks. But I'm, and, but it's what's keeping me from really doing more of the business development, developing the team, is that I'm also I fear that if I pull back from the the from all the getting out on the road and really recruiting, that we won't be as successful. And so I worked on this through this class that I took also at Northwestern on my ability and my immunity to change because of that. And I never realized all the, these things that were competing with one another, but until I had one of the people in the class walk me through that immunity to change, to identify, look, you might be competitive to this, but this is getting in the way and here's why. And then they, there's some, t- some tips in there, how to test those assumptions. Oh, the, we won't be as successful at Cameron Brooks if I don't do a lot of recruiting. We'll test the assumption. Maybe do mm-hmm. you know, 10 less days on the road and see what happens. And, and then you kind of do these little small wins and those build up over time until you break down to that assumption over time. But that's my plug for the immunity to change that I just read and worked through on this class that I took. And um, again, it can be a little academic, but you can find some pretty good reviews and templates online if you just look community to change and Keegan and Leahy, um, if you ever want to go through the or I'd be happy to take you through it now that I've been trained in it through <laughs> my class. <laughs> Maybe we should do that someday because I think, I think it's right. I mean, it's all about your mindset. And if you have to shift your mindset to make a change, then that's what it takes. Yeah, which is great. You brought up the book Mindset. We also studied Dweck's work. Uh, pieces of it. We actually studied in this class that I took was uh, uh, we didn't study the book mindset as much as the academic papers that she used to to that. So mindset would be my other plug for a great book by Carol Dweck. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've already read it, Bob, but uh, a lot of uh, for our other people that are listening to us, it's an incredible book on the way to think about growth and and development. Well, how about you? Anything you want to wrap up or share at the end? Or I know we've taken up about an hour of your time. You're on vacation. I need to let you go. No, I I don't have any questions for you, Joel. I, I appreciate the opportunity to participate in the podcast. And, you know, I always um, appreciate um, not only must, you know, being, I guess, being a mentee, but I also like mentoring as well. So um, hopefully there's some nugget of knowledge somewhere that can help someone out there. And uh, if not, you guys have my phone number and I can connect and answer other questions. Very good, Bob. Really appreciate you being on the podcast today and uh, sharing your, your wealth of knowledge and your career with everybody uh, that's listening to this. You're welcome. Thank you for everybody for listening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you want to learn more about Cameron Brooks, remember go to our website at Cameron-Brooks.com. We also have our book PCS to corporate America that is uh, you can order from Amazon. And uh, we're always available to uh, email away. You can email us at candidates at Cameron-Brooks.com or at me personally at uh, jjunker at Cameron-Brooks.com if you have any questions.